0: pt club in the morning it's like my voice is about to crack this is why i didn't do morning radio it's like i'm up but like i'm functional but yeah your voice is a little uh tight i'm jimmy it's, that's it's totally
1: amazing cool. that you could do that again
0: and hit those notes i've got vocal range i've got multiple <laughs> octaves we are going to talk about somebody who could hit who has vocal range today and how that applies to pt uh she is a mega superstar um uh, Breakfast Club Club PT. We do this weekly. It's this live stream. Talk about a bunch of stuff. I don't know. What would you what would you say are the major ingredients? I mean, obviously, like, you know, healthcare. I would say it's not limited to PT. I'd say it's healthcare. We're PTs, but uh business, sort of marketing, communications.
1: You mean for the show, what we're doing yeah. right now?
0: Over overall, yeah. I would say overall, like what we what
1: what we get excited about. It seems like it's everything other than clinical. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, we never talk about clinical. You would think a PT call-in show would be calling with a condition, calling with a challenging case, but we don't do any of that.
0: I was explaining that to someone really close to me. And she's like, but you don't talk about like, I've never heard you. Like you don't often say the word shoulder or (laughs) knee or joint. And I'm like, there are a thousand other people doing that. I work with some of those brands, APTA orthopedics. They just launched a podcast. Trust me, they're going to talk about stuff like that. There are a million of those. So we're like everything you, uh, everything you don't, you didn't learn in PT school. Yes, I love it. All right, so we're going to talk about personal branding. This, this came about because I think I texted both of you a picture of a postcard that I got uh, in the mail, an actual postcard mailer. People do postcard mailers, but but hey, physical advertising never works. It's and cool. here is what it looks like. This was the this was laying in my mailbox. And it's just a postcard right it says boston on the front apta csm date a logo achieve physical therapy we i have no idea who these people are and then on the back i was like okay got it boston but on the back really grabs my eye and it says taylor swift miami october 18th visit booth 5070 and i was like what is this for a chance to win two free concert tickets to see taylor swift who I don't know if you guys have uh, seen, but she's, uh, she's got a little bit of airtime going. i was making a couple of the, uh, bucks out there. And uh, I was like, this got my eye, but I had a few thoughts about this mailer. And I, sh- I shared the front and the back uh, picture with you, and I wanted your thoughts. And we didn't share really thoughts. We did a little bit, and then we said, stop. Let's just share them on the live stream. What were your thoughts on the mailer? Who wants to go first? Dave, it you
2: go my first. Eye. Uh, <clears throat> I, am first of all, I would just be skeptical. Like, are they actually giving away tickets at the booth? I understand that it's for attention. They want, they want CSM attendees to come to the booth. And it's probably, this is before I looked up the website, but I was like, it's probably a recruiting thing where they want to get more people, their names, their emails, their phone numbers to write down or enter it on an iPad or write it down on some list or something for them to collect leads to then. Uh, try to recruit those therapists even if they're from across the country to come you know move to you know work at that boston clinic they have like five locations or whatever um i think it's a good idea if you know for attention and marketing and we're talking about it like i said you sent us pictures we're talking about it on a video right now so obviously it did its job first of all right. is it a real giveaway i don't know like do they actually have the tickets maybe not because i think you said it's like a chance to win so it's like the 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 practice is also in a chance to win so it's like do they oh. actually have the tickets or not i don't know
0: I think they do. I I mean to me in my mind because I've on the back I was on the back end of creating um contests to me this is an ROI thing. We need attention. If you've been to an expo hall like APTA CSM before it's chaos. It's like Central Park on the busiest day of the year. Taylor Swift tickets I looked up really quick for that show were like uh like 800 to 1000 bucks pop. So it's two grand. They are not promising hotel, flight, all that. So it's two grand. You're all in for 2 grand. Unless they bought the tickets early when it was like a couple hundred bucks, because these are all scalped up because of you know scalpers and whatever. So this is two grand. A mailer? I don't really know. I didn't do a ton of mailers in radio, but these aren't—they're not terribly expensive. So they obviously bought. Like a dollar or, not, or two each. Yeah, so they got access to a list, and they're saying, "And you got? Are you guys going to CSM? Are you on the? No, okay, no. Well, if anybody is watching right now, and you got one of these, put it in the comments. I want to know." Because I'm guessing they got the list, but but maybe they didn't send them to everybody. Because I am in New York; I'm a couple states away. I wanted to know if someone's going to CSM from California, did they get this? Because that could be another segmentation to just reduce costs, but also increase like accuracy. Because there's a marketing person at the end of this who's got a who's got a you know answer for this. If it you know what happens, right? I think it was I think it was good. I think it was a good campaign got my attention. I was like Taylor Swift. It's sort of like, really, though? Which is cool. And I forget what the name of the principle is. There's always these, like, you know, the Murphy's Law and the Pareto principle. But there's a principle in giveaways. And the principle is, if the prize seems too big, it seems like, no, I'm not even... Like, if they were giving away a Ferrari, it's like, I have no chance. I'm not going. They might be giving away the Ferrari. Someone is leaving CSM with the Ferrari. But it it seems so out of reach. It's like, eh... And then also, if it's like we're giving away seven big pens, it's like I'm not going there for seven big pens.
2: Got to be if in a well, okay. If the
0: prize is too low, it's like why bother? It's I probably win, but who cares? But too big, it's out of reach. Um, I think this is in the sweet spot of that. We're like, okay, that's two grand. A company, the booth itself, just getting the ten by ten square is a couple grand. Yep. yep. I think I think this chance to win thing. I think we might have been over. That's just legalese and how you have to say it. Because I don't think so. So I think this was good. Yeah. And then I and then I had to look them up because I was like, are they a PT? Are they a marketing company? What are they doing? So I don't know. This might have been carefully not a lot of information on their card because I did the same thing too. I think if they would have done if they my only uh critique would have been put less on the card, like going to CSM, you could be seeing Taylor Swift too, and then just the website or something. You know what I mean? Like like, like, strip it down to as little as possible. I just flashed my address on the live stream a couple of times. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you shared your number, so <laughs> it doesn't no matter. It's
0: way no coming. So um,
1: wait, what? What is Achieve? I don't. I still don't even know.
0: Okay, achieve. So Dave, you looked it up. I'll bring it up on they, the. They on
1: have like five
2: locations. It's just, they're like outpatient ortho. Uh, yeah, they, physical therapy clinic. Like, office, so they're like some you know critical size. Okay, and- so
1: it's it's a business. They're in Boston. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. In and around, to me, like everything in Massachusetts, okay. is Boston. I'm seeing uh, Acton, Hudson, Sudbury, Bedford. Gotcha. See <laughs> how you <laughs> can't say some of these town names like Bedford. It's not Bedford, <laughs> it's Bedford. It's Bedford. It's like you have to. I dated a girl from Reading. That's how I knew that. A million years ago. Taylor Swift. Bed Bedford Medford. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah they're, they're a PT uh, outpatient PT clinic with one, two, three, four, five. Clinics. One of them is uh, specialized in in women's health.
1: Okay. So, I mean, interesting. You know, I I probably, you got to assume Taylor Swift, they're looking at a target demographic of young female Swifty PTs, right? They're they're not looking to hire you or me. We're not going to get, we don't have the same appeal um to to try for those tickets so they're Mm -hmm. looking at a clear demographic yep i I certainly wouldn't have wasted the front of that on a a huge name like boston like who cares that that's Uh, not going to attract me it should be
2: exactly yeah
1: 100 percent i would have plastered it swifties and and bling and you know everything we we had taylor swift come through cincinnati recently And I was downtown for a Reds game with my family. I'm like, why are these women dressed like this? And then they were like, oh, (laughs) Taylor Swift is here in like two hours. So that's what I would have pushed. Um, But you know, it is what it is. I mean, they caught attention, like you said, it's different. At least they weren't talking about one-on-one therapy and quality care. They were talking about something that appealed to the target demographic of, Mm. we wanna hire a bunch of young licensed female therapists. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so also, if you were going to give this a grade, I would give it an A minus. Like, I, I mean, and really, I'm just, we're it's just a couple points of, of sure. improvement because honestly, Dave, Tony, how many people do you think they actually could hire? Like, what's the like, and we're, we're spitballing because we, we need more information, but like them hiring one or two people could be a victory, right? I mean, yeah. one could be a victory. So you yeah. spend two grand,
1: 2500 bucks. That's a, that's a pretty good. I mean, you'd spend five to $8,000 on a recruiter. Yes. So, and, and I am sure now that I understand this better, you know, when my family got Taylor Swift tickets, they got into the lottery, they got online, they yeah. got four tickets. It didn't cost them anything extra. Like you said at the beginning, Jimmy, I'm sure somebody on the team got in there, got the tickets at the going rate when they went on sale. And now they're like, hey, let's leverage this. Let's use it. And if the person who wins it can't use the tickets, even better. (laughs) Because now whoever's on the team that won them originally will go.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this was, I thought was, this was pretty good. I I like this and I wanted to sort of give this a shout It's just a good discussion points.
1: Yeah. And I think this leads into kind of the topic that I pitched to you guys was let's talk about personal branding. We could talk about personal branding from growing a business, which I think all three of us have some level of a personal brand, but then also from being a staff therapist. I think if I was a W2 employee today, coming into the market i would focus on building my own personal brand even if i never grew a business because my personal brand is going to bring value when i go to my next employer when i switch jobs when i go to the next thing in my profession so i'd love to hear like obviously jimmy's the king of personal brand what are your thoughts
0: so i'm gonna start i like to start with everything that i i learned from uh in communications because i learned it from like like Franciscan friars, like it sounds like I was a monk living in the, in the hills. But I went to a you know a Catholic university, and one of my professors just spoke so well, and his brother Basil. And in public relations, I, I think I've told this like little anecdote before, but it's so good. He asked a room full of communication students, to, "What's public relations?" And a bunch of students, you know, we were all trying to impress the prof and it's spin and control the story. And he just sat there in his robe and shaking his head, and he said, "No." public relations is building a relationship with the public the answers in the question right and i think personal branding is really you know well nike it's logo and it's font and color and i think people like chris doe if you don't know who that is look him up he would say that's not it he's like i i I see that's what you see but um i don't even know who whose definition i like the best as much as it's what do people say about you when they when you're collateral when you're when you're not around when your stuff's not around I like to say it to people. I say, uh, what does your organization smell like? And they're like, that's a weird question. I go, yeah, it is. But it makes you think. Because if I say, what does your organization look like? You're like, here's my logo and here's my font. What does it sound like? Well, here's my tagline. Here's my mantra. It's like, no, what does your organization? What do you smell like? What do you taste like? I like asking those two things because most of the time I'm not dealing with restaurants. So it is like, what do people say about you? That second and third level. And that by the second and third level, somebody gave this great analogy. It's like, once people start talking about you, it's like a running back. Once you get past the offensive defensive line and you're into the running backs, when people are talking about you, that's free money. That's because they're now they're projecting, they're telling people, oh, you got to hear this thing. You got to go to this guy, you go to this booth or giving away Taylor Swift tickets. That is when people, when you become, and I know Tony, you like this one, when you become remarkable. Yeah. Worth and remarking I, about. I learned this word twice. Once when I started using it and kind of knew what it was when I was you know, 12 or 15. And then the second when I, th- I think it was Chris uh, Seth Godin, who said, worthy, you're worthy of making a remark about. You did something that someone else was willing to put it, your idea or words in their mouth and say it. And if that's not validation, I don't know what it is. I'm willing to vouch for this person and say that their idea and share their idea. So I think personal brand is, all the things that you do that lead up to that. thats Those are the things. So the last thing I'll say, because I could talk a lot, is you are either doing branding well or you are doing it poorly. This is your muscle is either strengthening or atrophying. You are doing public relations well or poorly. It's always going on. Like, we don't do PR here. Yes, you do. How you interact, how you answer. Jerry Durham would say how you answer the phones, what it smells like when I walk in. Does it seem like chaos? That's branding. That's public relations. That's part of the relation. How do you make me feel? What do I I feel like when I... Walk in your clinic, right? A bunch of clinic owners, you're going to go out and buy a bunch of my air air fresheners. Now, what does my clinic
1: start make? baking cookies in the clinic? You can right. get an autom- automatic oven and buy those frozen cookies and start baking cookies in the clinic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that's so I would I like to start with the definition of what is it? Cause it is sometimes it's this amorphous thing and people like to think it's a logo I've got to spend 10 grand on. It's not.
1: Dave, what do you guys do for personal brand, for business brand?
2: um not much on the patient facing side actually um we you know i have an instagram handle and we i just never we haven't posted anything but eventually we need to do videos and pictures and all that we got i have a bunch of like selfies with previous patients or current therapists with current patients and clients that agree to you know selfie pictures and we got to get them on video and all that um I thought when we were talking about personal branding, I thought we were saying for the audience, like if they're either a practice owner or if they are like a staff PT now on the staff PT side, let's say, no. cause that'll probably reach more folks potentially. Sure. So I would love personally, and here's what's in it for me. I would love in general, if there were staff physical therapists that were coming to me, looking to potentially work with me, uh, and say, Hey, I have this personal brand. I have this following, whatever. And then they can leverage that to, uh, get higher rates or higher salary or higher compensation from me, especially if they're bringing some patients or if they're bringing some, you know, some leads and patients, uh, to us where we have to do less work and we don't have a customer acquisition cost for that. Uh, they can certainly leverage that. Now, if you're a practice owner, um, the more video you put out, the better. I just tweeted yesterday. I tagged Jimmy on, on Twitter. Uh, and I heard a, a Uh, quote it was like all marketing is content and all content is marketing and so um out there like we're doing this and we all have fun doing this and then we also uh you know randomly benefit downstream from this type of stuff Mm -hmm. uh we don't even know all the time what it's going to be but if you're putting stuff out there you will benefit so if you're a practice owner You'll get opportunities. You'll get uh, people reaching out to you that want to collaborate with you. You'll get patients reaching out. You'll get therapists reaching out. So in terms of personal brand, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's like a long, it's a long game. You got to just plant some seeds. And I think starting with video talking to the camera is a great place to start.
1: Yeah. I think what's interesting is if we go back 20 years, 25 years, you know, I'm, I'm in it, I think deeper than any of you guys. Uh, I can remember talking to, you know, practice owners back then before I was a practice owner. And the biggest fear they had was they would hire a therapist, the therapist would build relationships with referring physicians, and then that therapist would leave and take those referral sources with them. And that was a fear. That was something to be avoided. And, And, you know, that was something that they worked against. And of course, we all know there are still practices that have non-compete clauses and and all sorts of ridiculous stuff. But if you embrace it, both as the employee, but then also as the employer, I've shared this analogy before. Like we're here in Cincinnati, we've got the Reds, the Reds, and I'm not a sports guy, but I know enough. The Reds were, they paid uh, Joey Votto $40 million, right? Like how does one athlete on a team, make that much more compared to the guys that are on the practice squad, you know, they're, they're barely surviving. So the idea is if I was a W and W two employee today, um, I see them, I see them on Instagram and I see them on different outlets. I would be building my personal brand. I would leverage that personal Mm -hmm. brand. I, I would be a business within a business so that either I can deliver value to my current employer. And we can talk about that value and how we can negotiate that beyond just a 3% annual cost of living raise. Or that's something that I could take to the next employer, you know, and, and I have, if I'm a professional that's coming with me, but I can't do it by myself. Now, what's interesting is even outside of this profession, I've been talking a lot to the founder of my body tutor. It's an amazing program. He gets mentioned on social media all the time. Um, and i said you you have a team of 70 health coaches who in that team has their own personal brand who in that team is putting out content like why haven't i seen these coaches sharing information it's like well that's one of the appeal for them is they can come work for my body tutor and they don't have to put out their own social media uh-huh. i was shocked i swear i was completely shocked because when i look at fitness influencers with millions and millions of subscribers I'm like, how can somebody not want to build that personal brand?
2: A lot of the Peloton instructors do I was have a brand. On the brand. I was just yeah. gonna say
0: that. Right. I ride Peloton, but I ride with these two or three instructors. Why? Because I test, I you know, I ride, I rode with a bunch of them, and not that I disliked other was ones, but I'm like, okay, I'm more of an endurance guy, so I like the, the power zone. Yeah. And I like this guy's flow, right? I mean, that's what it, that's what it is. That surprises me is that piece of information, Tony, yeah. um, where they, they're they right. like, they're willing to ride on that logo. They're willing to be a cog in the machine versus, but I mean, that's pendulums, right? I mean, I, I was looking the other day and I'm like, wow, more people are going to have a, a, a following of 10,000 something on a platform is not going to be a shock in 20 yeah. years because we're all following and following and following and following. My question is going to be eventually, who's leading? <laughs> We're all just following each other in a circle. Like, what are we? What are we teaching each other? We're just photocopying a photocopy a photocopy a photocopy. What is the What is the pendulum swing back? I wonder, look like in ten years.
1: So you know, with three hundred and seventeen thousand licensed PTs in the country, oh, again, right. I mean, we we see PTs with a million followers. Yes. There's such a tiny fraction of the population, but Correct. we're here. We love to deliver actionable items to whoever's listening. So let's talk about how we do manage our personal brands. Yeah, You know, like we, we're all, I know we're on LinkedIn. I know we're on YouTube. I know we're on other platforms. So Jimmy, what are your main platforms? How do you distribute your yeah. content? Give two or three actionable tips to anybody listening.
0: Okay. So I'll give you that and then I'll give you an example of how it worked and it shocked me. Uh, So I'm on essentially Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Why am I on those platforms? Because I like interacting on those platforms. People are like, you should be on TikTok. And maybe I will get there. Maybe I should be on Pinterest because Tony's going on Pinterest now. And maybe I will be there. But right now, I like playing where I'm already talking. Like, I feel like I I don't mind. I like Twitter a lot more. And wouldn't you know it, Tony, I have a larger following on Twitter. Why? Because I play there more. Grass grows where you water it, right? I like the speed and the interaction and the voyeuristic. I can watch a conversation without having to be involved. That's harder on other platforms. I don't mind Instagram because I'm not really a picture guy. But when Instagram went into video, I got real more, I got more interested, right? When it really embraced video. Facebook, because I, I went there for MySpace. So that's like, you know, that's the old school. And that's where I see family and then I bump into everybody else. Right. So I don't mind that. And I do like Facebook groups because that feels more like Twitter in this interaction banter thing about people combined with uh, with different likes. And then LinkedIn is just a brilliant idea. It's Facebook for resume. I don't love a lot of the content on there. I feel like I need to like water down stuff. So I don't feel like I have pop, I write more articles there and then just drop a video and leave. But here's my anecdote. And then I'll show you, I'll show you how I approach creating content. I was, I'm working with, uh, with ATI physical therapy. They're a sponsor of the podcast and i will be broadcasting i'll be recording episodes at their booth this is a this is a paid project that i got and i pitched it i just sort of called, i knew a couple people there and pitched it pitched an idea they weren't asking they didn't there was no job application out there for a podcaster to come to our booth and do stuff and i finally got to a person at this organization and this person said um i like So obviously, if you were the marketing person at an an organization like this, you'd look into who the hell this Yahoo is pitching that he wants to podcast from your booth. He mentioned specifics about the show that I do. I like how you bring in psychology. I like how you do that a lot. He could not pick that up from listening to the first 15 minutes of an episode, like a couple of episodes. He has seen enough because I produce a lot. So so now here's the actionable results, which is I hang out where I like. So I watch what other people are doing, and then I figure out what is Jimmy's version of this. I don't need to reinvent the wheel, but I am, right? So I like to create content on how what content I like to um, consume. I don't like to do videos of like exercises. The humor videos, love consuming them. I consider myself a humorous guy. Too much work for me. I'd rather just turn on a microphone and talk or a witty comment and go. So figure out what's right for you because what what exercise is the right exercise to do for back pain? The one you're going to do. Right. So I'd say figure out what you like. There are enough free tools that we've talked about on this show and we'll continue to talk about. Cap cut, cap, you know, canvas, low cost, no cost. Figure out what you like to do. Put it out there. See what works and what you like. Again, you have to sort of be motivated there too. And the, the, the content you put out there that's crap, no one's going to notice. Like they're just not. It's in a sea of stuff. Like get over that or... Maybe don't get over it. Get past it. That's better. Like, just put it out there. It sucks. I don't know, delete it in a week. Um, so do that, and that's your brand. Um, that's it. It's it is that thing that cowboys used to have. The thing they used to like, you know, brand a cattle, a cow with, right? There's the logo of the Yellowstone Ranch. I like to say branding is what are you doing with your hand to heat that brand up? The more you do, the hotter that brand is. So when you touch something, it leaves a mark. So that's dangerous. how I look at branding. Vigorous, vigorous f- friction. Right, 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 right. That's right.
2: What about you, Dave? So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, I, I am posting videos over to TikTok as well. I have oh TikTok. Uh, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, in, uh, and Twitter. Uh, so here's a thing. Um, Twitter, I'm sorry. Facebook is who you know. Twitter is who you want to know. Oh. So Facebook and Instagram are who you know. LinkedIn is who you want to know. So Ooh. I will I will put a like I will put a lot of content uh, across all the platforms. LinkedIn I'll be a little bit more professional on my, you know, Facebook and Instagram stories I'll say the word ant or or instead of isn't or I'll say like my homies hanging out with Tony and, you know, and Jimmy, like my homies, my buddies whatever. But on LinkedIn I'll I'll be even maybe tighter a little more cuz it's people that I'm connected with like I don't know. I don't know. Like people that could be on my show in the future. I don't want to rub someone the wrong way. Maybe they could be future investors. Who knows? Like whatever. Um, but I will kind of cross pollinate the same type of content across uh, different platforms. I did hear uh, a podcast episode how like certain agencies will create new accounts. So, for example, it would be like Dave It would be like at Dave Kittle show clips at Dave Kittle show reels. At Why Dave. is that? So they go ahead, Tony jump in.
1: So yeah, I, I, I might've watched the same episode as you, uh, listening to a guy, what, what this one company was doing was they were creating these multiple channels. So like YouTube, you'd have the full length, you'd have the clips, you'd have the shorts, all different channels, just, it gave them a place to just push and push and push more and more content. Um, part of his guarantee was we guarantee we'll get you so many millions of views in so many days. Now, I, sh- I shared a post about this. They require you to have like a two million dollar revenue business. Like you, you can't oh, just yeah. be somebody starting from yeah. nothing. Yeah. But yeah, it was incredible the system that they had laid out for you, so that you can hear how they do this at scale.
0: I gotta listen to that one again. I saw I'll, the post.
2: I'll, I'll share. It. What do you think the cost of that would be, Tony, for that that agency? I didn't look it up, but it's gotta be you think it's like 10, 20, 30 grand a month or like,
1: Oh yeah, at least, at least. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of revenue share going on with it too. I mean, I I know people that are doing 10,000 a month for six pieces of content. These guys are doing hundreds of pieces of content a month. Yeah. Yeah, It's got to just be unreasonable.
0: I've... uh Who said that, ugh, probably multiple people, who said the there's the same amount of problems in a million dollar business than there is in a hundred thousand business? The problems are just different sizes. Like someone said that, it doesn't really matter. It's probably said a yeah. hundred times. And it's funny, is like, I've needed to look at people in a Zoom call and say, I don't think we should work together because I don't think our values are aligned. Where they're like, but I want you're doing 10 things. Like you said, have you seen people do 10, $20,000 for 10 pieces of content? It's like, well, then each piece of content's a thousand bucks. How much are you getting for hour? It's like, Again, Chris Doe would say you well, I'm you're paying for the result. Right. You had the last 10 years of your life to create a video. Why didn't you do it? Well, you didn't know what to do, you didn't know how to do it, you didn't know when to do it. So I know all those things. So I'll be rewarded for those things because they'll bring in results. But I like I want to go around that concept again that you just mentioned, which is a lot of times starting from zero, starting with a brand that gives you their a hundred percent of their your marketing budget, and their marketing budget is $5,000 a month and you're like here's the deal I can't take that I won't take that because I don't know if I'm going to get you the ROI because I because your RO, if, if I get 100% of your $5,000 a month a month budget and you're all in you're going to need results tomorrow and I'm telling you what we started talking about this this is relationship building so this is where you can get I get funny too I'm going to do this in my uh, presentation at CSM if you want a relationship where You give the audience or your user money and they hang out with you as long as you're giving them money. That's a stripper. Stop doing the money. She goes away or he goes away. People, the men and women strip. Building a relationship that lasts longer where you can give something other than money or something of long-term value takes time. I didn't do that to my best friend, right? Maybe I started out by sharing my lunch with him or my my fruit by the foot in third grade, but then it was like, Oh, you're cool, you like baseball too. Let's go hang out. That's building a relationship. So organizations sometimes will just try to buy it quick. And I'm not saying these guys are trying to buy it quick, but they were, they were this is a short-term thing. This is a this 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 postcard mailer we're talking about with Taylor Swift was a short-term thing, but they're okay with that because their ROI was, I'm guessing, one. But some brands, we need to start. Selling these $150 items, here's 5,000 bucks. We expect a ton of stuff to come in. I go, run an ad campaign. Run a really? But that's an ad campaign. The minute you turn that faucet off, the money stops coming back. I like to work on long-term relationship building. That's just my thing. I worked at a radio station. That was all relationship build, right? They trusted me. Um, Trust, I heard the other day, uh, someone smart said this, is predictability. I trust is I I can within a within a window or a few degrees know what you're gonna do in this situation before you walk in the door, right? I sort of trust what my dad was gonna do when I broke the window while he was at work and he was about to walk in the door, and I was like, Okay, I trust, I know my dad, I trust him. He's gonna lose his mind or be totally chill, right? I knew like within these two degrees, and he was totally chill. He's like, All right, what'd you do? I was like, I threw a rock. He's like, You're gonna do that again? I go, no. Okay, good, lesson learned, move it on. But that's what branding is again but again transactional relationships right you, you go to a strip club and you money 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 yep she's gonna pay attention money stops go away that's a transactional relationship right you can you can pay something different and that's where we talk about value and content and when I see Dave 50 times have you have we talked about the 7 eleven four 7 eleven three really 7 eleven three concept real quick is to get to the point where you trust someone, through what's called an asymmetrical relationship this right here people watching right now on a live stream or listening to this on the replay might have never met me although i am on the uh CSM 2024 bingo card we'll talk about that <laughs> it's weird it's funny they've never met me but there's an asymmetrical relationship because they feel like they might i feel like i know who taylor swift is because i've seen enough footage of her so 7113 you have to get to seven hours of total exposure to someone. I think we're past that with Taylor Swift, even if you've never tried to be with Taylor Swift, listening to a, a song that the person sings, watching a webinar. It does not have to be in one shot. You don't need to hang out with them for seven hours. It could be a bunch of shorts that leads to seven hours. 11 is has to be at least 11 instances. So a bunch of shorts, a bunch of reels, a bunch of posts over and over and over, and at least in three different platforms until... You'll think this this guy's just everywhere. And I've had people say that to me. How do you have a job? You're like everywhere. I go There's systems and we can go over that in a future episode, like how you actually get 200 pieces of content a month. I've trained people and they're like, that's impossible. I go, I'm doing it right now while I'm also coaching you as a job. It's 100 percent possible. You don't need me to hide the secret. This is on YouTube. Gary Vee will show you how to do it or 50 other people will show you how to do it. So that's that 7-Eleven 3 principle or 7-Eleven four principle. I might be messing that last number up, but is how you get to that. So that's relationships, and that I don't even know how we started on this. Sorry. Yeah,
1: that was awesome. That was we. You hit so many topics. <laughs> be, before I share what I do for building my brand, um, we were talking about like the value of the client, the value of what you do to the client. You know, I've shared videos talking about three kind of pricing models, but the most important one again, Cristo, the Future Podcast. Great show! I'm shocked Dave doesn't know who that is. Oh, he's you know, so once you see it, you'll know who yeah, it.
2: I, do. I just don't. Is it yeah. do? The D-O. Thing,
1: look up the Future F U T
0: U R E spells it funny. No e, like, e. Here's F-U-T-U-R-E. the best part: spell it wrong, yeah. and you'll still find him because he's <laughs> everywhere. and he's just done it well, like.
2: Okay, I, I just googled him yeah, I've seen yeah, him. yeah he's I'm not, I'm not subscribed, I don't think
1: he should be. So something we don't talk about enough is you know we want to get paid more um, but we don't consider the value of what we're delivering to the individual. And, and I, I know, I get it. It's sad to say, like, I'm going to put my mom on the spotlight here when my mom was type two diabetic, renal failure, uh, frozen shoulder, multiple comorbidities, all of this stuff going on, you know, she was so far down that medical model path that a, no matter the best physical therapy session in the world, wasn't really going to have that big of an impact, right? So for her... She wasn't going to pay for it. It wasn't going to make a difference. It wasn't going to move the needle in regards to quality of life, health, any of those things. Um, but on the flip side, you take somebody who, and I always say, like major league pitcher who wants to get back to pitching has a ten million dollar contract at stake. That rotator cuff repair, that that Tommy John surgery, that whatever, it's going to have a major financial impact. The same post surgical protocol for the pitcher versus my mom very different dollar value, you know, and they should be charged appropriately. The Nike swoosh is worth a lot more Uh than what I would pay for a Fiverr artist to create a swoosh for me, because Nike is going to put a heck of a lot more money behind the swoosh and putting the swoosh out there on every piece uh, of of merchandise they sell. So I, I do really think that we can't think of Uh, what are our services worth from our perspective? It's what is is this worth to the client? And are we charging appropriately for the client? That being said, going back to platforms. um, So forever, I was just on Facebook because I used Facebook, just like Jimmy said. I created a Facebook group, not even just Facebook. I created the group because I wanted very niche specific people to talk to. So I've got my Medicare billing group because I wanna to talk to people about Medicare billing. I've got my knee replacement group because I wanted to talk to people about knee replacement. Um, and I was there really, I think I got on Facebook like 2016, maybe 2014. Uh, and I just spent time and talking and offering my experiences and advice and you know, never selling anything or doing anything. Uh, and then gradually I got onto YouTube Then I did the same thing with YouTube. I have my YouTube channel for knee replacement, my YouTube channel for Medicare billing and practice ownership. And now this year was really the first time I went from those two platforms, stepped onto LinkedIn, stepped into Pinterest, Pinterest, because I think that's underpriced attention. I think that the platform is ignored by so many people, especially from men yeah. I think there's a massive void there from male voices. Uh, so I think there's a huge opportunity. I don't have an eye for design, but if somebody did, I think they would just destroy like the Pinterest algorithm. Um, I've seen people with ridiculous amounts of engagement and follows, and that traffic goes from Pinterest to wherever you want to post it because every pin has a link somewhere. Wild. Yeah, it's crazy. And then of course, LinkedIn just like Dave said, building a professional network, but it's definitely a different community. It's it's they have different values, but I realized that I honed the knife on linked on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Now I can cut deeper on LinkedIn because I've got a skill set. Like you know, man. I can talk, I can record video, I can do things that the <laughs> typical CEO, the typical person on LinkedIn, they're just not doing or they're not <laughs> doing well. Let me ask you this though, how much and ballpark it, how much,
0: what percent do you change when you make a piece of content for a specific platform or do people just, do you just shotgun? I make a, I make a, I make a video. It's a vertical video and I share it everywhere. Or do you tailor it a little bit? If so, like how much I, I, you know, it's
1: a a good question. I wouldn't say I necessarily, what I do is I create content that I want to talk about. Got it. That I think people want to hear about that people are looking for. So, so I should take two steps back. It's not that I want to talk about it. It's that I see a void. People want this information. I believe that I've got a unique perspective. So I create c- the content specifically for the identified void. Then what I do is I say, okay, this content is appropriate for this audience. I'm going to share it to that audience. Yep. So on LinkedIn, I share mostly my practice stuff. This morning, you know, yesterday I saw somebody post something about a 4% Medicare uh, reimbursement increase that they wanted people to write letters to Congress about, right? I'm like, 4%? Seriously? Is that going to make a difference? Is anybody going to, you know, be able to afford a mortgage or a house because because Medicare is paying us 4% more? It's like, we're fighting for scraps. I don't want to be in that game. Right. That's a LinkedIn post. Like that's content for LinkedIn. That's content for my Medicare billing group because it's very topic specific. Um, So I create the content based on the void that I see, not just what I want. And then I put it on the appropriate platform to speak to the appropriate audience. You thought about it. Sure.
0: That's that's what I want people thinking about. This is like, The example was I ran an alternative rock station. So Lincoln park, foo fighters, Metallica, AC/DC. but every once in a while, uh, there, a song would come along and I'd go, this fits enough and is weird enough that I want to play it because this is the exception, not the rule. Hey there, Delilah, my radio station shouldn't have, that should have been a pop song, but we played it at night, mostly not during the day. And it, it was because I thought about it enough and I was like, I think there's enough crossover for the dudes who are rocking and the dude and the, and the people and and we had females too, about 70, 30, maybe. So it made sense, but I thought about it. I mean, I painstakingly thought about it. where does this belong on the air or not? Is this something we get involved with or not? We thought about that a lot and you should too is what I'm trying to, is, that's why I'm telling that story. It's like Tony thinks about it. It's like, this isn't, a LinkedIn thing this now this is oh okay I I look at the world in Venn diagrams and I'm like this is me and then what things what circles cross over and touch a little bit a lot does this deserve and then also does it deserve my time like do I have time for this and if the answer is yes 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 yeah okay it falls in my circle it also falls in one see Tony's example is really great the knee replacement the Medicare billing placement those are two different audiences one is consumer facing one is clinician facing but you're like, I like talking about these things. Check. I feel like there's value here. Check. Is there a void here? Check. And I'll, to the void thing, I will say, if you go on YouTube and there's a hundred videos about knee replacement and you're like, it's saturated, I will tell you you're wrong. A hundred is a lot in compared to <laughs> the world and attention spans across the world. It's not a lot. So, yeah.
1: And, and the way this would apply to again, an employed therapist right now sitting out there listening to us, Um, if you start putting that content out, that's patient facing. If you start talking about the things that are important to you philosophically, like you as a therapist, what, what is uniquely valuable to you? What is important? What do you want your patients to hear, to see, to know you share those messages? I guarantee there's an audience for that. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is the patient facing content brings you better patients brings you patients that don't cancel that connect with you that feel like you're their best friend that they they know you because they've listened to 20 of your videos already and now when they schedule and book that appointment they're committed they're not going to drop off and cancel and no show from the employer side if i'm looking at hiring clinicians like just imagine the impact of wow there's a therapist here in monroe ohio who's putting out content obviously that indicates they're motivated they're they're self-starter they're they're capable of seeing something through but then i also know that they have their audience they're going to bring that with them you know that therapist's value just rose 20 30 40% yeah. and so if i'm talking about the difference between paying someone 82,000 a year 120,000 a year that's where that difference lies. It's not in them, you know, trying to get a 4% raise in Medicare reimbursement. Right. It's in them bringing their audience with them. And truthfully, it's in me knowing as an employer, okay, I, I, I have more than just the interview to base my decision on, right? I'm risking a $120,000 investment when I hire a therapist. I'm risking my business's reputation and branding when I hire a therapist. What what information can you deliver to me that's going to verify? Yeah, you have a history, a track record of getting things done. All of that comes through social media. Yeah, Dave, what do you think?
2: Let me ask you a quick question. So, on the practice owner side of things, yeah, uh, over on Facebook, uh, Cameron Dennis was checking in, watching us live. He's got uh, back on track physical therapy. I don't know if it's close to you, Tony, in in Ohio. Yeah. So I clicked over onto his profile and. I would say, like he he does a great job of of the simple things of just taking pictures with patients, as uh, as like when they're discharged, they're graduated, they're you know their their peak of happiness when during their planning care, after their planning care, whatever. Uh, I would say like that's like that's got to be like the simplest form. I mean, even like that's easier than video. It's just like a patient or client, they're happy with the outcome, they're almost discharged or almost graduated, or maybe they are. It's their last day, uh, and then he and his staff are taking pictures with these patients and clients, and then that he posts them on his uh, Facebook account, his Facebook uh, page. So I th- I think that, like, just start there. That's the simplest thing, even before video, because I know some people get nervous and they can't talk into a, v- a video camera or whatever. Like, at the very least, practice owners need to be doing what Cameron's doing.
1: Yeah, 100%. Cam- Cameron's a great guy. We've <laughs> met him in person a couple times. Um, I remember watching, he would create videos, I swear. He looked like he was 12 years old. Uh, but I, have followed his growth and his development. Um, yeah. Like in my clinics, we, you know, I'm not the most social person I am. the, I am. I, yeah, I'm not. So what I would do is I would grab other therapists who are a little more social and bubbly than me. Um, we'd grab pictures, and this is going back before Facebook, before social media, but we would get pictures on graduation. We'd get pictures on any major achievement. We would give the patient literally a printed picture. We had a, a photo printer when that was modern in the clinic. But in today's world, if you're not taking pictures with your clients, getting sending it to them, getting them to share it on their social media, getting them to tag your business, what are you doing? Like we're in 2024. How are you not leveraging those most basic opportunities?
0: Yeah. Help them talk about you. Make it yeah. easy. Make them the star of the show. I was talking with, oh, I can't remember. I talked to a lot of people. Um. <clears throat> oh, I know who it was. I can't tell you who it was because we might be rolling this campaign out. So working with an organization and oh, they said, we want, <clears throat> we want these two audiences to do these two things. I said, great. Those are great call to actions. It's great. We've thought about we started with the end in mind and now i said how do you make those audiences part of the campaign because they were like we want our leader to do videos and i was like does your leader does your audience have a relationship with your leader like are they creating content now essentially i was saying where's this clinician creating bringing value already right mike tomlin steelers head coach i'm a giants steelers head coach i don't care your potential i care what you're willing i don't care what you're capable of doing i care i care what you're what you're willing to do like, you might be a number one draft pick, but you haven't done it. And nothing says I'm doing the push-ups like putting out 100 videos. Not saying to a clinic, I can do video production. Great, where is it? Well, I have the ability. You haven't done it? No. So you don't value it. Why should I value it? So <clears throat> I don't care what you're willing to do I care, or, or, or what you're capable of. I care what you're doing. And you should be. And you're putting the words in their mouth. Show yeah. me that. We ain't in tell business here, people. If you're a physical therapist, you are not in tell business. You're in show business. I'm very sorry. And you might think that that's low brow. It's all the TikToks and the Instagram. That's not what I went to school for. I went for science. No, you went, you did not go to learn stuff. You went to learn stuff so that you could tell people and show people, right? Showing works better.
1: That's and guided. again, the, the reality is, and I, I deal with insecurity every single day. There's still to this day videos I record. I'm like, I don't want to publish this. I'm embarrassed to publish this. I shouldn't publish this. And that's usually when I just rip the band-aid off. I hit publish and I walk away. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, I can always unpublish it if I need to later. You know, but literally like every single day, there are things that I, I am fearful to publish because I don't think it's good enough. I think I probably said something wrong. Somebody's going to critique it. Um, And even when they do, I'm like, who cares? I I had an old video about a Q angle. I was talking about a patient who had a pretty significant Q angle. And I said something about the shin bone. And somebody made a comment that it was the tuberosity. I I looked at it and it, it ate at me. Obviously, I'm still thinking about it. It ate at me. But I'm like, who uh, really cares? At the end of the day, the yes, I used the wrong anatomical landmark. The principle is the same. The angle is, you know, what I want you to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. You no, will never be this is no, always it, that. you'll never be criticized by someone doing more than you. That's you very, very
2: uh
1: Dave, so
0: what's
2: tell, up? with all your videos that you've done for like the total knee replacement videos, what for personal branding for practice owners out there what's a video that someone has said to you or 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 they say to you most often the ones where you are speaking right into the camera or the ones where you are in your clinic uh demonstrating something or the ones where you're talking over something and and it, and you're showing a patient or client like from the hip down or the waist down, you're showing them with their knee replacement and you're describing something like they're in their scar, their incision. I watched a video of yours where it was like the bandage was still there and you were like, you know, just leave it. Don't pick at it, whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. What from from patient uh, facing side of things, what has gotten the most remarks? Because if you're watching or listening, simply model whatever Tony is about to say. <laughs>
1: Um, geez, I don't know. I I, honestly, I think the one that got the most, I I should go back and look at this. Uh, the most engagement is probably my one about pain, you know, Mm -hmm. like how painful is a total knee replacement? The ones about showing like the incisions and stuff, they gross people out and people will occasionally make comments and say things. But Mm -hmm. I think when you touch a nerve, like pun intended, Uh, talking about pain. And pain is so tied to their identity. Pain is so tied to their insecurities and their emotions. Um, I I think probably if I was going to guess that when I said, how painful is it really? or, Or something like that, that is the one that drives the most engagement because now I'm threatening someone's identity. If I say, you know, anything about, and I love talking about pain science and I love talking about you know moving away from the the biomechanical model of pain more into the stuff that we're talking about these days the psychosocial impact and all of that Th- that's what i would say and, and i mean truthfully that's what i kind of do like that's my whole shtick is let's poke poke the bear let's see if we can drive some conversation not just for likes and shares and comments but for like legitimate engagement like. Am I thinking about things correctly? Am I looking at this? Where's my blind spot? Because somebody should be able to show me where the blind spot is. So on LinkedIn, my biggest engaging post, the first one was, does it matter if we call ourselves doctors of physical therapy? I'm not a doctor of physical therapy, um, but does using the word doctor even matter? Right. And then my second one, I don't even remember, but it was something similar. You know, and those are the ones that drive the most engagement because those are the ones that have the most polarizing um, positions.
0: Facts tell, emotions sell, emotions spread. We shouldn't, this person shouldn't be watching right now on LinkedIn, but they are. Kenyon Parker is a future PT, just had a procedure on his Achilles, was very scared for the after effect it was going to have on him. So he might be very interested in a video that says, here's what it's really, really like afterwards. Do you think the video that would resonate the most with Kenyon is like a very, very overproduced sterile video or one of a patient talking going, here's how it really went for me? Yeah. So if there's an example of a PT. Do you need to record that video? I would actually say you're the last person I want recording that video. If you're the surgeon who does Achilles repair, you are the last person I want done recording that video. You're going to record a different one. Here's how to prepare, right? I want a patient who's walked the walk. I want someone. So here's where we can get into like cool psychological terms. I want someone who can share sympathy, where if you're a PT or a surgeon, you've never had that procedure. You can share empathy. Sure. I can. I imagine I've seen this. I've walked people through this. But after Kenyon is done and he's a PT, he will be able to share a personal experience. And trust me, that has weight. Want to know how I know it has weight? Amazon puts a lot of pressure and a lot of work into reviews and stars and comments. Why are they doing that? Because they're nice, sure, but they're trying to make it easy for people to talk about the products that they sell, essentially them. So I think Kenyon brings up that emotion. He was, when I do communications evaluations, people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and people are like, are you even listening? I go, yeah. I write down every emotion word I hear, negative and positive. And then I go back. Hey, I I heard with Kenyon, I heard you were, I heard scared in there. Did I get that right? Using a little Chris Voss, right? Making sure I heard what I uh, I heard what they said, or that, that was accurate. So if I mapped out a plan of what it would actually be like from day zero to day one hundred, would that make you feel ten percent better? Yeah. What if I laid exercises over that? timeline from day zero to day 100 would that make you feel more secure yeah what if i put my text my phone number you could text at the bottom right hand of that screen of that pdf i'm going to give you would that make you feel better yeah yes 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 and not just to get him saying yes because you've accurately done something to not completely remove the emotion from Kenyon's path but you've done incremental things you think he's now going to choose you over someone else yeah I, i think so
1: i know we're about a minute away from wrapping up but two quick things Next week, I think we should target and talk about topics related to students that are DPT students, PTA students, uh, and anything close to that. But related to the most common comment I get, and I hardly ever, ever, I mean, we're talking a fraction of a percent, but the most common negative comment I get is, this person never had a knee replacement. How can he talk to me about the pain related to a knee replacement? And yeah. my, my comeback is always the same. Like Jimmy said, it's empathy. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I can't even imagine what you're going through. I've never experienced it. you're 100% right. The only thing I can do is help to share the experience of hundreds of other th- of patients that I've seen over the last 20 years and hope that that brings you useful information that you could help in your journey. You know, like that's always my response to that, but that's the only thing I ever get. How do we wrap up the show?
0: Uh, parting shots. What do you want to leave uh, with everybody? Dave, Dave? what's, how would you, you know, a a single point, an overall point, whatever you want. Parting shot,
2: uh, parting shot, uh, the top of the show about the Taylor Swift marketing. I, again, Mm -hmm. it was, it was remarkable because Jimmy sent us pictures. We chatted about it, uh, privately. Then we put it on this show. Uh, and so it it did its job. So think of that for your future marketing, your awareness, your campaigns. Uh, how can you use that type of uh, technique ethically uh, in your marketing and your branding?
0: Getting someone to pay attention and spend time—that's what they wanted, right? Like if you break it down, they wanted you they wanted you to pay attention to this and then come to booth fifty seventy to spend time, and then they're interviewing you from second number one. Whether you win the tickets or not, think about this: the tickets. Or the worm on the hook. But you might want to be caught. You're the fish. You might want to be also, caught in there.
2: Also, they're probably not going to pick uh, the names out of a hat. Because it's it, no. the, it, the team probably has several tickets. They're going to Taylor Swift. And then there's one more for who, you at the booth. Uh, right? And whoever uh, they like the most that would be their desired candidate that they would like to potentially hire from meeting whoever. That's who they're going to pick. And it's well, probably my like, chance. I don't know. That's don't, that's That's how it's making these giveaways. I at a NovaCare booth years ago. I magically won a Philadelphia Eagles signed football. And I was like, there's no way I like won this. Uh And the guy buttered me up the whole day and he's texting me. And then I magically won this. I'm
0: not saying, I'm not saying you're not wrong. I will say I got advice early in my radio career that you can do that. You can, you can fake a contest. And the minute you do that and one person says something about that, you can't wash it off. So I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does. It does happen. I don't go anywhere yeah, near it.
2: You're right. I'm, I'm just guessing. I
0: don't go anywhere near it because all you need is someone on your team to now go work for another team and go Jimmy Fix contests, And now you can't wash that off because that's branding, too. So I'm yep. like, listen, I know you want to give it to this, but listen, do that. Give that person it. But you got to pull a random winner for and You have to do two prizes then. You have to. Tony, what's your parting
1: shot? Dave, that's the most Brooklyn, New York thing (laughs) I can imagine someone saying. I love it. Hey, you know, I don't know if I ever told you, my dad was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Hey, Uh, Hey. my parting shot is look, you you take a plain white t shirt with a fruit of the loom logo on it, and it's worth three bucks. Uh You slap a Nike swoosh on it, and it's worth 33 bucks. Like, if you want to earn more as a W 2 employee, employee, start putting out content, start building your brand, build your network and your net worth will go up. Yeah. Uh,
0: I would say start and you're going to be terrible. If I had the cassette tapes for my first radio broadcasts, you would, it would be nails. You would never say that this person was going to make it 10 minutes in radio. I was willing to suck. And then I was willing to get a little better. And I was willing to do the push-ups because I wanted the triceps, right? It was, I wanted the pecs. Um, so if, if that's what you want, then do it now because 10 years is going to pass regardless. And don't try to be someone else. It's effort to try to be someone else. If I tried to do you know, other people's content, it'd be effort and you'd see right through it. So uh, any tips for students and future PTs that may feel like they're behind? Behind in what, Kenyon? How are you behind? You're a future PT. You're
1: exactly where you need to be. I would say come back. I would say come back next week and we'll we'll spend a whole time talking about that.
0: Be more specific in the comments, Kenyon, and we will make your questions. We'll answer your questions first. Cause there's a lot of, I need I need to know more. I need to on, behind in what, man? You're asking you're somehow you followed one of us on LinkedIn and you're here. So feeling like you're behind on what? You're already ahead of the curve. You're on the bleeding edge, man. Cause we're at no, no. But what it tells me is you're looking for things, and that tells me that you're not behind
2: for next for next time i also think um that tony's probably under monetizing uh choose and jimmy is probably under monetizing uh the pt to pt referral group i told okay. him before i i've probably generated like 20 grand off of new patients from jimmy's facebook group.
0: facebook group that i started that's, that's because- another
2: topic for the future we all got to yeah. run let's yeah. wrap up all
0: right all right gentlemen i'm gonna play the uh the outro i will not sing again but we'll see you guys same bat channel same bat time next thursday morning at 8 30 thanks guys